to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Why don't you worship His name? Why don't you shout His name right now? Because when you shout that name, you're accessing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're accessing the one who can make a difference in your life. You're accessing the one with miracle working power. Oh Jesus, we worship your name. Oh Jesus, we praise your name. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Praise God. Praise God. How many's glad to be in church at Extraordinary Church on this extraordinary Sunday? to a great Sunday to be at church. Because if I heard pastor right there, this is ice cream Sunday. They, they, had to, they had a guest speaker, so they had to trick you all so you'd still come. Tell you you're going to have ice cream. Well, that's okay. You scream, I scream, we all scream for ice cream. Praise God. Uh, listen, I can tell you, I'm never more anointed than when food is involved in the message. So, praise God. It's something good is going to happen. And uh, I think I think if I, because we're followers of EC. Like, I downloaded the app. You know, I, we're, we're followers. And uh, I think if I was seeing things right, I saw online, I think there's somebody going to get baptized today in that awesome name of Jesus. Do you know what? If you're here and you've never been baptized, today's a good day to be baptized. And it doesn't have to be just one. We can have a number of people baptized. At the end of our service, we're going to have a time of prayer. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to infiltrate this place. And I want to invite you today to, to receive him, to open up your life to receive him. And we'll give some instructions at the end, but I believe... God's going to do that for somebody today. There's going to be a renewing, a refreshing, a restoration. So we're so glad to be with you, so glad to be with our friends, uh, Akil and Sarah Thompson. And I already mentioned we love this church. We're followers of EC. In fact, we're even sending you some good stuff. I don't normally call people out, but it's great to have my friend Michael here in church. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I baptized Michael, but he was baptized at the POQ. I got to be careful saying that. It might have been me. Was it me? Well, praise God. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> he was filled with the Holy Ghost at the Pentecostals of Quinty. I think he interned for a summer at the Pentecostals of Quinty. So um, there you go. Another one from another blessing from the Pentecostals of Quinty to Extraordinary Church. Last time I was here, uh, Temi, another one of my friends that, that, that was a great member at POQ, came and saw me. And we're just thankful for what you're doing here in the GTA and uh, in this church. God is good. God is good. So it's an honor for my wife and I to be with you. Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6 or your Bible app, go there while you're going there. On, if you're going there on your phone, listen, why don't you mute that? Why don't you go ahead and turn the volume down? And let's look at the Word of God for a few moments. We're going to read these scriptures. I'm going to pray, and then you can sit down, and we'll see what God wants to speak to us today. Ephesians 6, 
10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Say, to stand. Said, put it on so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that wiles word, that, that's other versions say it this way, the schemes of the devil. Uh, even some more modern say the attacks of the devil. Uh, he said, we're going to put this on so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the modern ones just say stand. Say stand that you'll be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I'm going to talk to you about this thought for a few moments. There are some things worth fighting for. There's some things worth fighting for. Would you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to speak to you for just a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence that is in this house. Thank you for your word that is true, that guides us, that renews us, that sustains us. Thank you, Lord, for the preaching of your word. And I pray now that there would be an anointing upon this portion of the service. We open up our minds and our hearts and our souls to receive your word today, listening as a church, but listening as individuals for direction from heaven in this hour. You're an awesome and a great God, and we just ask for your presence to remain active in this portion of the service and let your anointing be upon us in Jesus' name. And everybody, would you shout with me, amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Have you noticed that it just seems like everybody, everybody is just ready to fight? Anybody notice that? Everybody's just ready to fight. They're ready to argue whatever it is that you're talking about. They're ready to take an opposing side. They're ready to protest. I don't even know. As we were driving in here, I said to my wife, I said, look at what's going on over here. There's a big inflatable uh, sheep with a mask on it. I still don't exactly know what the cause was, but people were out there protesting and making a statement. And, and you see it, you're online. You may even be some of these folks that are posting about every issue, you know. They're, they put out a meme and a reel of some sort just to let you you know how they feel about what's going on in the world whatever the contentious issue is of the day they want to weigh in and just spark a little bit of an argument or a little bit of a fight you know the last couple of years it's just gotten worse and worse you know COVID just made it a hundred times worse and we've seen division unlike we had ever seen before you know neighbors calling on neighbors church people calling on their pastor that was just at the POQ but I thought it was worth mentioning we've seen people just this division in society over everything from policing to politics to just everything to vaccines to anything you can think of and then of course the pandemic didn't bring anybody together it just exposed how ready we are to fight <laughs> How ready we are to fight, you know. If you, you know, want to just maybe debate what I'm talking about, here we are, and we are still in the news talking about Donald Trump. We thought the election would end the conversation, but here we are. He's still making news. Come on, somebody. I was in the U.S. this week, so 
you know, I heard about Trump, of course. I, I was in the U.S. this week, and uh, I was sitting with, with some people from the different, uh, all over the different states, and, and it was a North American missions director meeting, and I was sitting next to one. We were talking where he was from, and where he's from doesn't matter, but let's just say it was a lot further south than we are, and, and they were way down in the south. That's all I'm going to say. They were way down, and, and, and he said to me, and we got talking, and uh, of course, he started talking about, you know, the election and, and the election different stuff about the elections, and that's not the point. Here's what he said to me. He said, do you know that the largest armed army is sitting dormant right now? I said, really? He said, I said, my. He said, they got AK-47s. He said, he started naming all these guns. I don't even know the guns. He started naming them. He may be watching right now. I love you, brother. But here's what he said to me. He said, he said, he said, they're lying in wait ready in the state of Indiana. <laughs> I said, my. I said, my. And he said, they're just waiting. They're just ready to rise up. They're going to be watching that next election come November. And they're just waiting. They're ready. You know what he was saying? They're ready to fight. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. They're ready. He said, he said, we are ready. I didn't say we. Oh, my Lord. He said, they are ready. They are ready to fight. Now, I'm not here. I'm not here to take a position on any issues. Believe me. That's not why I've come today. I'm not here to make an argument on any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I'm not here to, to get you sparked up to go outside and record a reel on Instagram about gun control. That's not why I'm talking about what I'm talking about. I'm here to try to stir up some fight, though, for spiritual victory in your life and family. Because listen, the Bible tells us, they're going to throw it on the screen, but look at 2 Timothy 3, 2, 3, and 4. Paul writes to Timothy, and this is what he says, Therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. This is important because you know what? Sometimes we get convinced and we got sold and we got, you know, we got told be a Christian and everything is going to be all right. The apostle Paul said to Timothy, hey, listen, Timothy, endure hardship like a good soldier. In Philippians 2.25, he said, uh, uh, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Aphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and look at this, and fellow soldier. Philippians 2.25, fellow soldier. He called Timothy. He called Epaphroditus here. He called them soldiers. They are warriors. They fight. They defend something. They stand against attackers. He said soldiers endure. They hold on. And, and clearly, the context is not that they were soldiers in an actual military on earth. But, but let, me, let me raise up some good old Sunday school in somebody. When I was growing up in the church, we used to sing a song like this. I'm in the Lord's army. Some of y'all went to Sunday school. We got some Sunday school kids in the house. We used to sing that song, I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, and the real ones, we'd even say, I may never. Yeah, come on, we're not going to go there, but help us, Lord. That's the kind of stuff we sing in the United States. <laughs> 
We're soldiers. He, he said they're soldiers. They endure hardship. You know what? That, that's a good reminder of something. They're going to throw this quote on the screen, and I want you to get a hold of it today, that the Christian life is not a playground but a battleground. That's a much better way to approach what we're doing as the children of God. It's not a playground. It's a battleground. There is hardship. Can I get an amen, somebody? There is struggle. There is sickness. There are attacks that come at times in your life. But the Scripture tells us that in this life, through the hardship, through the sickness, through the attacks of the adversary, we have a power and a strength that is available to us. And though it may seem like a constant struggle and though it may seem like the battle never ends and though at times your spirit may be heavy with the things that you are concerned about, the, the scripture says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Does anybody know there's a strength in this life? There's a strength for the difficulties of this life. You can be strong strong in the Lord. Uh, you know what? I'm thankful. This world's getting so complicated. I'm thankful I don't have to figure it out on my own. You, you say, preacher, you know what? I'm running out of strength. Uh, would anybody say, preacher, I'm running out of strength. Uh, there's times I feel like I'm running out of strength. You know what? It just keeps me flowing through it, and I'm running out of strength. And, and you say, preacher, I'm just running out of strength. I came in here today a little bit of weak. I came in here uh, feeling like my strength was gone, and I would say to you, good, because now you can tap into the strength. Uh, listen, now you can tap into the power of the Lord, the power of his might. Now you can tap into a strength from above. The apostle Paul said he found a strength in his most weakest moment. He said his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Oh, when, you, when you're at the lowest point of your strength is when you'll find he's at his best. Oh, for most of us, come on, somebody. That just doesn't it seem like that all of life is a fight. I, I joked we were here, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple months ago for our uh, extra, extraordinary parenting. And, and, and we told you, we have four kids and all different ages. And it's like, I don't know, it's a perfect cocktail of trouble. 19, 16, 14, 10, and we talk, my wife and I, all the time, that every day there's something. <laughs> every day. What? We, we, just, we, we just need to start waking up and saying, what is the drama going to be today? <laughs> take, take a little bets, you know. Who's going to have the trouble today? Who's going to have an issue today? You know, just roll the dice, and, and, and whoever, you know, whoever guesses it, maybe they get a day off, you know. Now, I'm joking about my kids, but you know, that's just life. You can wake up, and what's going to happen today? Some of you are living that. You're waking up, and you're not making a joke about it. You're waking up and saying, dear Lord, what's going to happen today? What else can go wrong? What else is going to happen? How much worse can it get? And you feel like, and most of us feel like, that every aspect of our life is a fight. It's a struggle, you know? feel like you're under attack. Does anybody feel like you're under attack? Come on, just be honest for a second. Does anybody just feel like you're under attack? 
For some of you, your peace of mind and emotions are under attack. We've seen this rise in mental illness and mental health issues. It's real. It's, some of you are struggling with that. You don't, you just, your, your emotions are just, you can't get control of them. It's like they're, your mind is under attack. There's an anxiousness, and we got this self-harm happening in the church and people that are harming themselves, and they're cutting, and there's just, it, we just, we're battling. It seems like our emotions and our minds are under attack, and some of you, your family is under attack. Everything from school boards to Disney have made it clear that they want to educate your kids and that you don't know what you're doing, and it just seems like that our family are under attack. Can I get an amen, somebody? Some of you, your health has been under attack. It's just, it's out of nowhere. A doctor's appointments. And here's the problem. It's not just that your health is under attack, but every doctor's appointment that confirms that something in your body is weak is also revealing, you kind of feel like, you know what, my faith is kind of weak too. So every doctor's appointment is also an attack on your faith. And your confidence in God. And I'll tell you, we can all sit back and worry and be discouraged and complain. You can get mad and bitter and complain and moan, or you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. Come on, somebody. And I've come on this Sunday to tell you this, that there's some things worth fighting for. I wish somebody would agree with me when I say that your marriage is worth fighting for. Come on. The last two years have been tough on our kids and our young people and our young adults, but can I tell you something? Somebody, your kids are worth fighting for. Come on, your joy, your peace of mind your peace in your spirit, your sound mind. It's worth fighting for. Your family is worth fighting. This church is worth fighting for. Come on, some the salvation of your best friend is worth fighting for. And that's why I'm going to tell you that the real message today is this. So stay in the fight. Second Corinthians 10, uh, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons of warfare are not carnal. That means, that word carnal, it comes from the Greek word, it just means flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not flesh. Uh, uh, the, the, the enemy is not flesh. Our weapons are not flesh. Our enemy, our spirits and, 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 and spirits of the age and spirits of the world, there's things we're battling. But, but listen, our weapons are not flesh. They are not carnal. And the reason that some of us are not getting the victory that we need not seeing the results that we need is because we're trying to deal with our battles with all kinds of stuff in the flesh. Fighting with your spouse when you should be praying for them. Nagging your kids when you should be pleading the blood over them. Pushing against stuff when you should be interceding against stuff. You see, our natural reaction is in the flesh. Losing control, losing your cool, losing your temper, letting your frustration flow, your frustration, all in the flesh. 
responding to the battles we're in in the flesh. I've come to tell you, stop fighting in the flesh. Start doing some spiritual warfare. (laughs) Ephesians 6.12, look at it again. For we do not wrestle, we read this, against flesh and blood. Not only should your weapons not be in the flesh, but you got to realize your enemy is not people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We have access to power and strength. Let, let me share one of the struggles that I'm dealing with for a moment. Maybe it can help you to understand what I'm talking about. I have to be a little transparent here for a moment, and I, I hope you'll forgive me for the transparency. I have a struggle that, that I want to share. And um, my wife um, is such an amazing woman, and I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I mean, she's just amazing, and, and you know of all she does. But, but she does something that makes her very difficult to live with. You're going to understand in a second how deep this struggle is. We've been married now 24 years. Yeah, you're about to really believe that's a testimony in a moment. For that, probably the last 20 of that 24, maybe 15, my wife eats the exact same thing for breakfast every single morning. Every morning, the exact same thing. Now, me, one day might be some eggs. One day might be some yogurt. One day, avocado toast. My wife, every day, the exact same thing. I don't know if you're saying you're excited because you're eating the same thing or because you got, you're fighting with somebody that eats the same thing. I don't know. But praise God for you, sister. This breakfast every morning, 12 grain toast, dipped, not spread, dipped in honey. No, that's it. But, but it's not, it's not, that, 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 that's not it. It's not just any 12 grain bread. You can't just go down to any. You can't go to no frills. You can't go to just anywhere to get this bread. It's bread from one particular grocery store, independent. And I'll tell you, there have been days I have gone out of my way to pick up this bread before we go to bed at night. (laughs) You would think that would be it, but it can't be sliced. No, it has to be unsliced. What a testimony I am here today before you. (laughs) If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? Every single Morning. Every single morning. 12 green toes. Oh, I forgot to mention one part. Blackened. Not toasted. Blackened. 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 I mean, every morning, either an alarm goes off, I see smoke. Many days I wondered, was I having a stroke? You'll have to Google that to understand that joke there. You'll have to Google it. <laughs> so, so one Sunday morning, 
Sunday morning. And, and I'm not like Pastor Akil. I, I wish I was better. But every Sunday morning, I'm, I'm crashing. I, I'm like trying to get everything ready for church. He's got everything ready months in advance, you know, advertising stuff that's coming next year, all this stuff. I'm like, I'm like on Sunday morning, God, give me a word. <laughs> so it's always a little stressful, you know. It's always a little intense on Sunday morning. One Sunday morning, I'm trying to get the word for the POQ, and, and I hear this blood-curdling scream, Sean! I run upstairs, oh my Lord, and there's blood everywhere. I mean, there's blood all over. There's blood on the doorpost. There's blood on the ceiling. Just, just go with me for a second. Okay, there's blood everywhere, and, and she's got her hand wrapped in a towel, and the, the towel is full of blood. I mean, the, the white towel has become pink, and, and, uh, and she's like, I just cut my finger. I look, and there's her finger. Well, okay, but, but it was bad. I'm telling you, it was bad. It was so bad, like, like we would open up the, the towel and blood's going everywhere. I mean, it's shooting out and all this. And so we are having a chaotic moment because I got to get ready for church. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And we don't know what to do because the blood's everywhere. We pull it off and she screams. It's in pain. And the knife is sitting there. Uh, you know, the, the, what do you call those knives that got the little their ridges off? Serrated knife. She's been trying to cut the non-sliced bread with the serrated knife and has cut off a piece of her finger in doing so. And so we don't know what to do. Oh my goodness, what are we gonna do? Do we call an ambulance? What do we do? We're, we're trying to figure this out. A neighbor across the street is a paramedic. We're running, go get the paramedic neighbor. I'm, we're going crazy. I'm like, oh my Lord, the bleeding just won't stop. The bleeding just won't stop. Blood is everywhere over the house. And, okay, some of this is a bit exaggerated, but go with me. There's blood everywhere, and, and, and she's crying, and, and, and it's all just this chaos, and we're yelling at each other, what do you want me to do? I said, you know what, I read somewhere that you could use super glue to stop bleeding. Google that, it's also true. But I wasn't sure. She's like, are you sure? I said, I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it. So we're looking all over for super glue. And I can't find, I finally find some, and it's all hardened up. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? And also, so I'm on this computer trying to figure out what is a substitute for super glue to heal cuts, to stop bleeding. And I'm looking on the Internet. I'm going over this. And my little then 8-year-old Abby, beautiful little girl, looks up at me and says, Dad, does the internet say to pray? That child could discern that we were looking for a solution when we should be calling on the answer. <laughs> this is us. This is you and me. This is when we get away from our childlike faith. Uh, 
this is us. We got this struggle. We got this trouble. We got these attacks in our life. And here we are talking to everybody. We're going and talking to doctors. Uh, We're trying to find another counselor because we didn't like what the last counselor said to us. And so we found us another counselor. We're unloading all of it, talking to gossipers and people and hoping for somebody to tell us what we need to do. We're trying everything that we can do because there are some things worth fighting for. And so we're trying to do everything we can do when we should be talking to the one who can do what we can't do. The solution to our problem may just be found in some time in prayer. Because so many of us are putting our faith in things that just aren't working. And we need to tap into the source of strength and the power of our God. Oswald Chambers said this. He said, we pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. I've learned something over a little bit of time in ministry now. I have learned that our church is a lot stronger when we pray. (laughs) I know something. I know EC is a great church, but I know EC is an even better church uh, when the church is in prayer. Guess what? When we are in prayer, there's more victory reports when we pray. We see miracles and signs and wonders when the church prays. Uh, We see the works of God when the people of God pray. We'll see a difference in what you're worried about and what you're battling and what you're fighting when we pray. Here's what else. Uh, We receive strength and power from heaven when we pray. We tap into the power of God when we pray. I'm not talking about repeating prayers from a book. I'm not talking about just a devotional where you read a few lines at the end of the devotional, just reciting some words that somebody else wrote. No, I'm talking about prayers that come from your heart and involve your emotion and have your passion involved in it. I'm talking about prayers that move the heart of God. That's how, my friends, we fight. That's how we fight on our knees. We fight on our knees until something happens. Somebody here has got to realize there's some things we're fighting for. You see, prayer doesn't get a lot of attention or recognition or even certificates or awards. I love Dream Team Award here today. That's awesome. You know, we don't usually give a lot of certificates for they were every day praying this week. Because prayer is not something that we get to see publicly. Well, that's the wrong statement. But Jesus actually said the things that are done in private will be revealed outwardly, publicly. So we do know it when we see it. We just got to recognize that the reason that that person stands as strong as they do, despite the adversity that they face, is probably because something has happened that nobody else has seen. Prayer makes a difference in your life. Prayer makes a difference in your situation. Jesus modeled that. He modeled that to us. Listen, and in the greatest battle he fought, some would say the greatest battle that Jesus fought was on the cross. Right? He's suffering on the cross. He's fighting for our salvation on the cross. Oh, the victory that happened on the cross. Our salvation was paid for on that cross, but I would argue the victory was won not at the cross. 
but the victory was won in the same place it was lost, in a garden. Because the victory for all of humanity was accomplished in prayer. Give me just five more minutes here. Look at Luke twenty two thirty nine. Luke twenty two thirty nine. 39. It says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, and as he was accustomed, his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Now, now, now here's the thing. Let me interpret that in stickler vernacular. You ready? God, I don't want to go through this anymore. God, I'm tired. I don't want to have to endure this. That's stickler vernacular, so it's not inspired, okay? But that's what he's saying. If it's possible, if there's any way that I don't have to go through this, Lord, take it away from me. But here it is, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And I want you to see what happens. And then, then, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. The angel came and the strength came as Jesus began to pray. The Bible says, and being in agony, he prayed what? Even more earnestly. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. This was not superficial prayer. This was not a prayer out of the back of a devotional. Those are good, but this was not this type of moment. This was a moment not to just move on and just say, oh, Lord, don't let it happen. No, he's fighting a battle in prayer. He is warring in prayer here. And look at verse 43, because this is important to me, that when he prayed, the angel appeared to him, strengthening him. The victory is one in prayer. Do you know that before the cross ever took place, the victory had already been determined? And if we become people of deep, sincere prayer, no matter what the adversary brings into your life, I've come to tell you, you are already victorious if you have the power of God working in your life. And so I don't know what difficulty you're facing right now. But I do know this, you're facing some things. Because in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible tells us that in that last day, the adversary, Satan, will come down with great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. I know you're facing some things because you're alive. Because you're human. (laughs) One scripture that doesn't make it onto a lot of coffee mugs or plaques is in the book of Job where Job said, man's days, man born of woman is full of trouble. (laughs) Full of trouble. Nobody's got that on their mug, full of trouble. But you know what? That's part of being alive. And here's what's gonna give you the strength that you need today, you ready? Stay in the fight, stay in the fight. We live, and I'm almost done, Give count to 90 and then the musicians can come. Count to 90, then you can come and we'll pretend like we had this all figured out, okay? 
Because we are living in what they call the great resignation. We have in our world today a spirit, and it is a spirit of quitting. It's a great resignation. Everyone just decides, I don't like it, and so I will quit. It's too difficult, and so I will quit. I don't like it here, so I will quit. It's tough right now. They've defined our, this it happening in our world today. It is the great resignation. You've heard about it. Proverbs 24, 16, though, gives the secret to victory for believers. It's a game plan for success that the Bible gives on how you will survive and make it through the most difficult of circumstances. It's the game plan. It's the book. It's the play that the Lord wants you to make that will guarantee you victory. Are you ready? Here's the guaranteed victory plan. For though the righteous fall seven times... They rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. You know what the wise man said? People who don't really, righteous means they're connected to God. They're living right. They're doing right. They want to be right with God. He said, do you know what? The wicked, when calamity strikes, when trouble comes, when there's any bit of difficulty, they fall and they just stay down. But righteous people, when they get knocked down, You know what I feel like saying? (laughs) I get knocked down. (laughs) Oh, help us, Lord. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. That righteous people, when they get knocked down, you know what they do? They get up again. That the righteous person, they take a blow, they take a hit, and they get back up again. I'm going to go another day. They get a bad report, and they get back up. Say, I'm going to go another day. They feel like they've lost everything, but they get back up. They say, I'm going to go another day. I'm going to go another day. Because God's game plan for success is this. Though the righteous fall, they rise again. Here's what it means, that you're a soldier, that you're a child of God, it means you are going to take some hits in this life. You're going to get some bad reports. You're going to have some very difficult days. You're going to go through some pain, and at times you will be hit so hard, you're going to feel like you can't get back up, and you're going to want to quit. You've probably, in the last two years, taken more hits than you did the rest of your life. Your family has probably taken more hits than ever before because we're living in this great wrath of the adversary. Do you know what? Let me show you one more scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. The apostle Paul said, we are hard-pressed on every side. Do you know what that means? Hard-pressed, it means taking a hit. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side because when the enemy hits, he doesn't hit, he doesn't play fair. He doesn't pull his punches. When the enemy hits, he's coming after your family. He's coming after your health. He's going to hit hard. He does not play around. He said, we're hard-pressed. He said, we've taken some really difficult hits. And then he said, not only that, we've been hit on Every side. Just got hit from over here. So there's an attack on your family. 
and you got hit there and you turn around to go there and there's an attack on your job. And you go there and, oh, and, you go, and now your health and it's just, it seems to be like you're getting hit from every side. The apostle said we're hard pressed on every side. They're coming from everywhere. We're being hit from every side hard. But he said, yet we are not crushed. <laughs> we are perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You know what the Apostle Paul was saying? We've been taking some hits, but we're still in the fight. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to declare that with the Apostle Paul today and say, yeah, pastor, I've taken a few hits. Yeah, I've had some difficult days lately. Maybe even last week you got a report that you've been lamenting about all week. But why don't you stand to your feet and say, but I'm still in this fight today. I'm still going to give him praise. I'm still going to shout unto God. I'm still going to give him my best worship because I've been hit from every side but I am still in the fight you may be here today weary in need of a miracle worried, anxious, overwhelmed in pain but this pastor came to say to you stay in the fight because victory is coming to those who don't quit. Remain standing with me. It was April 17th, 1909. One of the greatest boxing matches of all of history was fought in 1909. It was also one of the longest fights in boxing history. It took place in Paris. Boxers Joe Jeanette and Sam McVeigh fought each other for the WBO heavyweight title. The fight lasted an astounding 49 rounds. Joe Jeanette was knocked down a total of 27 times during the course of the fight. Think about that. He was knocked out 27 times. But every time, Joe Jeanette got back up on his feet. In the 19th round, he was knocked down five times in that round alone. And in that 19th round, everybody was sure Joe's finished. Yet, he got back to his feet every time and made it through the most difficult round of his boxing career. 49th round came, 49 rounds. Finally, Sam McVeigh was so tired and exhausted that he could fight no more. And Joe Jeanette, who had been knocked down 27 times, was declared the winner of the WBO heavyweight champion of the world for one reason because he stayed in the fight because <laughs> he stayed in the fight somebody today needs to decide I'm not staying down I'm not being taken out of this fight I'm not getting you've been knocked down but you're gonna get back up again you came in here saying, Lord, I need a miracle. And even if you don't get that miracle, you need to declare, but I'm going to stay in the fight either way. I'm going to get back up again. I've had a difficult time, but I'm going to get back up again because the victory comes to those that stay in 
the fight. I wonder for a moment if somebody would with a victory shout unto God, lift up your hands right now and declare the goodness of God in your life. Declare the goodness of God in your life. If you're watching online, why don't you right where you're at, lift your hands and in your living room, in your in your kitchen, in your office, why don't you give the Lord praise for a few more moments? Thank you for joining us, but give the Lord praise for a few more moments as we go. Come on, saints of God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.